Welcome to the Empowering Industry Podcast, a production from Empowering Pumps and Equipment as the voice of the pump and related equipment industry. Hey everyone, I'm one of your hosts, Bethany Womack, and if the episode title didn't give this away, surely me introducing the podcast will. That's right, this is a special bonus episode of the Empowering Industry Podcast. During most episodes, you'll hear Charlie and myself talk about social media, preview the news from Empowering Pumps and Equipment, and do an industry interview. But this special bonus episode is just an interview. You're about to hear Charlie interview Mike Griffith, the Vice President of Operations at Knighton. He's been in the pump industry for 28 years and loves it more today than when he started. He and Charlie talk about his company, and how they've kept their family business feel even while growing, and how COVID has really affected their interpersonal relationships at work and what they're doing moving forward. Just a couple more things before we get to the interview. Please do us a favor and rate and review the podcast, and then subscribe so that we'll show up in your podcast feed every Monday with new episodes. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Tag us at Empowering Pumps using the hashtag Empowering Industry Podcast, or email us at podcast at empoweringpumps.com. Okay, without further delay, here's your interview. Hey, and welcome to the Empowering Industry Podcast. I'm excited to be with you. I call you Griff, but you can introduce yourself and tell everybody who you are and what you do. Hey, Charlie. Uh, My name is Mike Griffith. I I do go by Griff. I've been in the pump business, uh, gosh, 30 years now. But uh, I came into this business in 1992 after a brief stint with the Texas, or a nine-year stint with the Texas legislature. And I was just at that point going after, coming uh, off of a divorce and was looking for a job and moved to Odessa from Austin and uh, landed at a company called Odessa Pumps at that time. I think that's where I met you. Yeah, worked for them for 18 years. And then uh, and then uh, I was, Brian Knighton was one of our best customers at, at the Odessa store at Odessa Pumps. And we became very good friends and uh, ended up working together. Awesome. So, okay. So that's a little bit about how you got in there, but oh. did you, you know, know that you wanted to be in the pump industry? I mean, how did that happen? You know, after, uh, losing your job or, or leaving Austin and losing my job. Uh, I just needed a job. And so I took a $5 an hour counterhand job in 1992. Didn't know a thing about a pump. Didn't know, didn't know anything about electric motors or engines, but uh, got introduced pretty quickly. So I went to work on the counter and uh, man, it's been a great, it's, it's, it was fun from the word go. So it wasn't, it never seemed like work. So what did you, so you're in, tell me about the counter. I don't know what that means exactly. Oh, it's when we had a walk-in traffic or when somebody called for parts or somebody called for, for just a, a, a call coming across, you would answer it and uh, go from there. If they wanted service, you'd transfer them. But, you know, if they wanted parts or something like that, you took the order and, and, and did it. And we were, uh, we were four stores at that time and grew that company quite a bit. And then, uh, and, 2009, when we went to work for Brian, uh, he had two stores and they were $6 million a year company. And I think the, uh, in 2019, before COVID hit, we were a hundred million. Wow. 
And so the job has changed dramatically. Yeah. So, so I think you've learned a lot about customer service and how to take care of the customers. And that's a big part of the job and what you're trying to do and accomplish there um, at night. And, and, but tell me, I guess the main thing you do though now is manage people. You know, you've, you've come up through um, the organization, kind of learned how it works. And now you're in, in, in that management role. What is that like for, I mean, I know, what is it like pre COVID and then we'll get into what it's like today. Well, it has become one of the biggest, I think it does become one of the biggest things you do. I mean, if you're a $6 million company, it's a lot different. You have a lot less personnel and there's a lot less issues because you're, you're mixed into a lot of those issues. Like now, I mean, I don't know the issues. I have to hear about the issues. We have 12 stores and probably 150 people. And, and so, yeah, now the, the job becomes solving issues and, and a lot of it's dealing with personnel. Yeah. Without our personnel, we're not going to be who we are. Yeah, it made me think like you have to be able to hear from them, right? Or you don't know what's, you know, how to solve or help them solve an issue. They have to be honest and open and kind of tell you what's going on. I would assume that's even more difficult today, even though, you know, we can get on a Zoom with people. Is it been harder to get people to open up in that way, like through a, a Zoom conversation or a, a virtual conversation during COVID? We're lucky at Knighton and, you know, Bill Knighton in 1969 started this company as a family business and Brian, his son took it over as CEO and it's become, it's been a family business and we've grown it through the years from 6 million to hundred million and it's stayed family. So we, we don't have as much trouble hearing from people as, as maybe somebody else does. We don't have a lot of turnover either. So when people come to Knighton and when we have people that have stayed 30 and, and we've got 25, 30 years on the on the uh, roster right now. And so people like it here because it's family and because it's take, they're taking care of like family. Yeah, I definitely think that helps. And especially uh, now and, and kind of going through some hard challenging times together. Um, it does. It's nice to have that close knit family organization. What do you think is some of that made it uh, feel that way or, or what can you, what can you say as leadership? What do you think they did to make it feel like everybody's a family? Well, I mean, they are family and they treat everybody like family. And we grew it from from one store, two stores. You know, I mean, there, there are logistic issues now that, that hurt that cause. But at the same time, Brian Knight is still involved with almost everybody that, that I mean, I think he knows everybody on the roster. He's not. He's not unattached. And so it, he stays in touch with people and their families. And I do the same thing. And everybody hears when they come on board, it's just like that. Well, so how do you keep yourself motivated to be an inspiration or be that person that helps, you know, manage the workflow or any troubles that may come up? Um, how do you do that for yourself? Well, I, you know, that's a hard Yes. <laughs> I would actually have to think about that, but I mean, I don't wake up unmotivated. It's a fun job. It's been a fun, a fun ride. Uh, the pump business, there's something new every day. And so, so to say that you're unmotivated, I don't know. I think I, I think the biggest thing that we've gone through is trying to fix people and fix ourselves from the whole COVID thing, the whole withdrawal period. You know, we, we just pretty much done attached ourselves from everybody for a year. And then to get in the get in your bedrooms or your offices at home and your Zoom meetings, it's been tough 
to actually figure out how it really affected people. But getting everybody back together and starting to have some issues, I can I can tell that people have withdrawn a little bit socially. You know, it's it's harder to, to sit there and talk for 30 minutes or uh, in an hour's meeting. They just they want to quit. They want to talk. They don't want to talk. And so, you know, I think it's affected all of us a little bit more than we know. Yeah, I know it has affected me personally. And I always think that, you know, I am really great about interacting with people and yeah, I want to go do that. And and I can see that, you know, I have to kind of force myself sometimes to get out and say, yeah, I'll go to that meeting or that event or, you know, just something that I, it's easy to say no, you have this excuse Absolutely. to say no. Yeah. And so, you know, just, well, I'm used to just having dinner at home. So why would I go out with this group? And so I think there is a little bit of that and how we adjust uh, as leaders and, and help people kind of get back into that. You know, we have to first go through this stuff ourselves, right? Oh, sure. Where, you know, thanks for jumping on here with me in the podcast. I, I feel like the podcast helped me through this time to be able to talk to people and keep you know, that just regular conversation about asking questions about how you're doing. And well, and truthfully, that's what, that's what these are. The, the most of these issues are just, you know, they're not personal. And that's what I try to do is take the personal out of it and try to solve issues. But, but anymore, it's just, there is a lot of personal into it right now, because like I said, people are, it's a little, people are a little tender about it. You know, I just don't think they've addressed it. I don't think they really know. I get frustrated and I start trying to do a little self-analysis and try to figure out why am I mad? Why am I frustrated? And I start figuring out I'm not used to solving these issues like I was because, I mean, we took a break a year off. That's right. And and just any type of isolation changes you. And, you know, you, you've got to figure that out for yourself and, and we can provide tools. And I like what you're telling me earlier before the call uh, about LinkedIn. Can you tell me a little bit more about that, the trainings that you saw out there? Yeah, we're we're actually involved with LinkedIn Learning. We signed up and got about 50 licenses and we're trying to teach all of our employees through LinkedIn Learning. I mean, we can't, I can't teach them. And so, uh, so uh We've got them through the sales, the sales package and the leadership package. And they're, they're able to see that this is normal behavior and normal feelings. And we're looking at it monthly to see where, where this is taking us. But it's, uh, it's new for Knighton. We've never done something like this before. But it is a great, a great opportunity for someone to be able to teach their people without having to do it themselves. Because we don't have that platform. Yeah, I think, you know, mental health is part of this and we don't, we're not normally talking about that. You know, we've, we've really been going into this a little bit more since I've taken the the training with Rob Kalvaroski at the Le- Leadership Launchpad. And it was a lot of that like self, uh, what are you telling yourself? What is, what is your emotional intelligence for yourself? Like, you know, what's making you upset and why, you know, and figuring that out. And it may take some work. I mean, it definitely took some time for me to figure out the things I was telling myself, uh, which could be completely off and make absolutely no sense. But I like to say that we figure out those problems or those negative things we're saying, and we have some proof of all the the good things that we're doing and the things that we can handle and we can control. Um, and I think that that helps us just, you know, get in that mindset of, okay, I can learn this and it may take us a little while to get back to, you know, just sitting around having a lunch and learn, right? Like that's a huge deal. 
I'm telling you, and with the price of oil, I mean, we are oil and gas related company. And so we were, you know, it was a tough year with the COVID and the price of oil and the lack of business and people sitting around wondering about their jobs. And it's been a, it's been a tough ordeal. Yes. So with that, do you feel that, you know, I know Texas has opened, but do you feel like the market is getting better and you're seeing some improvement in the business side of things? Or are you, you know, you can see it kind of further on down the line? Oh, no, it's happening. Uh, it, and it's just happening, I think. I mean, we, in our side of it, we we really anticipated had the election gone a different way that we would have seen it quicker. It didn't go that way. And so it's kind of held off. And and with uh, this freeze that just happened in yes. Texas, uh, you know, history-making freeze, it kind of kicked up, kicked up right then and it hasn't let off. And so we see it. Our quote logs have changed. Our sales orders have changed. And so our guys are getting back to going, going back to work now. And so they're all happy about that. It's just now you start seeing, like I said, some of the problem solving issues and some of the stuff like that. It's you start finding out that, you know, they have changed and and things have changed and we got to deal with it. Yeah. Uh, But I think that that you're doing the right thing with getting the trainings and and looking for those solutions. Um, Tell me, uh, so we're talked a little bit about the pump industry and that's, you know, at my heart's where I started my first job, I guess, uh, selling advertising pump for pumps. Uh, That was the main category there. You know, you're still here after this, all this time. What do you think that, you know, what can you say about the pump industry for why? Why are we still here? Why do we love it? You know? Well, it's a different, it's different every day. I mean, just going into from the oil and gas market into the industrial segment, you know, we, we do some cool stuff now with some, with some really neat people and uh, it's different than the oil and gas market, but you know, we're forcing ourselves to try to diversify into these, some of these bigger DFW markets, Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston, Austin, San Antonio, you know, we're, we're trying to, to get our guys to go deep into the industrial markets now. Yeah, definitely a growing industry. And I think we all have to kind of look and see where we will grow. There's a lot of different changes, you know, with any type of, um, you know, uh, change in the uh, policies and all that we're we're experiencing. But, you know, what does that look like for your business? And, and I think there's a lot of different ways to figure that out. But, you know, a lot of our customers, they play in those markets too. So looking for how we can help them in both, both of those segments. Uh, so, so in Texas, uh, you, you mentioned a lot of that. Uh, and we met at a water show, I believe it was a clean water show in like the Texas water show is where we ran into each other. I don't know if that's where we met. Yeah, Houston. Yeah, it was in Houston that year. And, um, you know, I think when we, when we look at water, for example, it is used in oil and gas and it is used in all the industrial applications. So, I feel the same way about pumps. They're used in everything. We can't go without them. But what's some of the brands that you uh, represent there? Uh, Of course, we're very proud of the fact that we've got a great line of pumps. Uh, We've got the Weatherford line of plunger pumps here in the state of Texas and Oklahoma uh, and southeastern New Mexico. Those are most of our territories. Most of our branches are in those three states. We have ITT Goulds in uh, New Mexico and in Texas. Uh, we're a Xylem dealer in all three states, uh, MP, Gardner, Denver, you know, some of those smaller niche brands for us. Uh, we've got Versamatic as far as air operated diaphragm pumps. We've also just picked up a, 
a slurry handling AOD pump that, that we're very proud of or very excited to, to get. And that's Punch 2000. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, our, and we're, we're actually going out after some food and beverage tile lines now to be able to help with the diversification process. Yeah, I was, you made me think about um, just the IoT and the different things where we're connecting these pumps to smart technologies. I guess we've been doing that for a while, but I'm just curious um, how much you're seeing of that uh, in your business. Oh, now don't ask me to get technical about VFDs or, you know, variable frequency drives. We sell a lot of them. I'm not actually an expert on them at all. But we do have some guys that are, but the smart, the smart technology and the artificial intelligence and stuff, that's all becoming a huge part of this. Yes, for sure. Um, and so I was just uh, talking with another company. I won't mention them since you didn't mention them, but just looking at how all that connects to really just helping the customer, which I think at the core, that's what you are doing. You're supplying them with the parts that are the pumps that they need and, you know, making sure that you're able to, you know, solve that problem or be there for the service side when they need you. Well, we're still under the belief that that uh, solving problems what sells pumps. So yeah, that's right for sure. Yeah. So so what would you tell somebody if they were thinking about getting into the industry? I think it's a great industry. I think it's a great industry for men. I think it's a great industry for women. I wish I had my hat. I had my pink hat that you gave me that time yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. with the um, uh, it was the cancer awareness campaign with you guys. And so yeah, this definitely it definitely is. There's a ton of great pump companies out there. There's a bunch of them. And uh, I think it's a great industry to go into. It's very exciting. It's very, uh, it's going to keep going. Uh, There's always going to be a need for pumps and equipment. Yeah, I agree. And people who understand how to use them and and work on them. And I think that mixture of hands-on and that social skills is so important. And you'll see even more of that. We talked a little bit about it and kind of the struggles with people today um, after COVID and kind of getting back to work and being able to talk through their whatever's bothering them mm-hmm. and, and having a space for that. I feel, I feel like that's one of our challenges is to find in a way that you can, I know I have it myself, say, okay, there's this issue. Now, how am I going to get them to tell me about it? You know, how do you create that space for real information to come your way? Yeah, it, that's tough. I mean, you know, I hate to say it, but we're Texans. We're tough. We've been we've been brought up just to deal with it. You know, we it was a very tough week as far as the co as far as the snow bit. We call it the snow bit or snow apocalypse, whatever it was. But uh, it was tough. It was tough personally. You know, I felt my I, I caught myself feeling sorry for myself, and we had no water, we had no electricity for you know week, and it was just a time that we we couldn't work. It was just a very weird time to, to not know what's going on. So, but again, Monday came, the snow went away. We go, we went back to work and, you know, picked ourselves up, burst ourselves off and got back after it. Yeah. And I think that's what we do. You know, we have to, I think, sit in that for a minute and be like, that was tough. That was hard to go through. But then, you know, I always say I can take a day, okay, I'm gonna take a day and I'm gonna be disappointed and sad. And then I gotta get back to work, you know, but just not accepting that it was a tough thing, or like, how dare they, you know, put this on us after we're all in isolation, right? Yeah, you know, you you can get into that. But 
you know, I think it's that strength and that mental toughness. We talk a lot about that mental toughness to, you know, know what to say to yourself to get yourself in action and going. And, and I think sometimes that's learned. You may not have those skills, you know, are been taught those skills growing up, Sure. especially not down here in the South, right? Like just yeah. rub some dirt on it. Well, two, three weeks as leaders, we have to go look for those people that aren't doing as quite as well as we are. And we have to bring them up too. So. Absolutely. Well, I am so excited. I got to see you, Griff. Um, I'm just thankful that you jumped on here with me. I know, I think I've had you on here since May uh, when I looked back on it, like at the date. So I've been planning this for a while. I remember that. Yeah. So one of my first, so we started in April. So just so you know, you were one of the first people that I reached out to. Um, Just, you know, I just think that you're genuine and that's really important. And definitely when we're talking about stories and sharing stories, it's just about getting in there and and doing the work. I mean, we're nothing special, you know, we're proud of what we've done and we're proud of the guys that we work with and the family we've made, but it's nothing special. It's just hard work. Well, I think it's special because it keeps us running, right? Keeps our world running. So thank you again, Griff. It's great to see you. And um, I'm sure I'll I'll see you soon. Anytime, Trevor. Anytime. And that's a wrap for this special bonus episode of the Empowering Industry Podcast. If you want to continue the conversation with us, you can tag us on social media at Empowering Pumps using the hashtag Empowering Industry Podcast or email us at podcast at empoweringpumps.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review, and we'll be back next Monday with a full episode. Until then.